we are living in the most toxic time in history, you know, and I think that that contributes significantly to what's going on with our health and in turn our skin. I am Cheryl Whitten, and this is The Aromatherapist, where we discover the superpower of plants. My newest book, Essential Oil Dilution Guide, is the antidote to confusing aromatherapy instructions and bad recipes. This is the book you need to undo everything you've learned on the internet. In this book, Essential Oil Dilution Guide, I explore how to use essential oils safely. You can learn with me about essential oils and allergic reactions, irritations and sensitizations, phototoxicity, methods of application, types of carrier oils, how to dilute by age and health condition, the right way to ingest essential oils, contraindications for pregnancy, epilepsy, children, and more, and the aromatherapy secret everyone wants to know, the blending formula you need to finally properly calculate your own DIY recipe or blend. Essential Oil Dilution Guide is available now on Amazon. My guest today is Heidi Cooper, who is a licensed master esthetician, a certified natural health practitioner, and a functional medicine practitioner. After suffering with skin problems as a teenager and receiving no relief from conventional treatments, it was an esthetician that transformed Heidi's life. That experience gave her the passion for treating the skin holistically. For more than 20 years, Heidi has found that working with the skin holistically achieves amazing results as opposed to the harsh invasive treatments that are so commonly used. She constantly researches and applies the connection between lifestyle, diet, and supplementation as it correlates to the skin. Heidi provides a simple and effective long-term results-oriented program designed specifically for your skin's needs. She has a background as the regional aesthetics educator for the Life Spa at Lifetime Fitness, and she received the coveted Life Spa National Artistry Award for Aesthetics, a record 18 consecutive quarters, ranking number one in the nation annually in 2009, 2011, and 2012, out of over 300 aestheticians nationwide. So today, Heidi and I really get into the root causes of your skin problems and why we need to look a a little deeper. We talk about just how the the common thread to skincare is really just about using products to make your skin better. But we really talk about how skin health is a representation of internal health and that we need to do more than just slap some products on our face, that we need to look at the body as a whole and the skin as a reflection of what's going on inside. And so I was very excited to talk to Heidi because I've had skin issues, as you'll hear, pretty much my whole life. And I figured out that those causes are are from different diseases that I have. And when I've been able to correct those conditions, then I've been able to correct my skin. And so I talk about that with Heidi today. And so, by the way, I didn't mention this in the well, when I was speaking to her, but Heidi has the most amazing skin, like gorgeous. So I definitely am going to take her advice. So my friends, Heidi Cooper. Hi, Heidi. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Cheryl. I'm super excited to be here. Yes, I have so many questions for you. So I'm excited to hear what you're going to share with us. First, can you tell us a little bit about your back, your background and why did you get into holistic skincare? So I kind of have this pain to purpose story, which I think a lot of us in the holistic realm kind of come from that place, right? So um, it all started many, many years ago um, as a teenager, really suffering with cystic acne. I had it pretty bad and went down the whole conventional path with medications and just really didn't get long-term results or really root cause solutions, right? So I was introduced to a 
an esthetician that was actually from overseas. And she took a little bit more of a holistic approach and work with my diet. And really in about three months, my skin was completely cleared up. We're just working with scarring at that point. So I think at a very early age, it opened my eyes to, hey, there's another way for these things to be addressed if we look at why something might be presenting on the skin in the first place. And um, and she worked with a lot of things that worked with the repairing the structure of the skin as opposed to really harsh things that we see a lot of times out on the market for different skincare conditions. So that's where it all started. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. And like you said, that is a very common, very common story. Most of us start out trying to look, look to help ourselves and then discover, oh, this shit works. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. So one of the most, uh, one of the more important tenets of holistic skincare is that the skin really is an external representation of what's going on inside the body. But there is this sort of paradigm in skincare that, oh, the skin has nothing to do with what's happening in your body. It's like, it's not connected to your gut. Apparently, it's not connected to your immune system or stress or hormones. Can you explain why this is not true and is actually quite misleading? So, so interesting that you should ask because as you know, my personal experience was with this esthetician, that's the path that I originally went down, right? And I would say, you know, that started probably 25 years ago, my career in aesthetics. And so I started noticing maybe 13-ish years ago, some of those dietary changes just were not enough anymore. And, and it really got me down this path of why is you know, we're doing, people are doing all of these right things, but we're still not able to get the result. And so really digging deeper from an internal perspective. And that's when I went back to school for functional medicine. Mm -hmm. And so um, I really feel like now, of course, the topical piece is an important part, right? We want to be using things that are reparative for the skin and that sort of thing. But the bigger piece is what's going on internally. That's really the root cause of why that's happening. And so to your point, that's really the biggest part, honestly, is really figuring out why is the skin presenting with maybe different, it can be anything from different skin challenges to even aging prematurely. There's a whole tie-in to what's going on internally and that that's really the source. Yeah. And I think it's easy, and we're going to talk about this in a in a little bit here, but it's easy to try and go to the fast road of, of trying to just fix what you can see on the outside. But then, you know, maybe that's not going to last because you're completely right. missing all of the pieces on the in, uh, on the internal level, a cellular level, what's actually going on. So can you talk to us a little bit about some skin disorders like eczema, psoriasis, acne? What is actually happening and going on internally with some of these disorders? Well, you know, from my experience, it's really interesting because you could have five different people, maybe all suffering from eczema or five different people suffering from psoriasis or acne, and they could be for five entirely different reasons. Mm -hmm. So that's been an interesting piece too. And that's where, where I feel like lab work can be very helpful. Um, sometimes even really basic lab work, like looking at a CBC and just really seeing is, is there a viral burden? Is there a bacterial burden in the system that's going on? Is there some sort of anemia going on? And I think really something you mentioned earlier, which I think really hits the nail on the head, it's a cellular issue, right? Like it's, we have to really look at things on a cellular level. So one of my criticisms sometimes in the holistic health world is kind of just looking at the downstream and then using like maybe 
um, supplements to support like say hormones and not that there's anything wrong with those things, right? They can be very, very helpful, but they're not always getting to the root cause of why Mm -hmm. maybe there's a hormonal dysfunction or a liver imbalance, or it's a lot of times it's much further upstream and you really have to dig a little bit to find out what that is. So that's a difficult question to answer in that it can look very different. I would say something that we see a lot with all skin conditions is gut issues, liver issues that need to be addressed. So I would say that's a great place to start. Right. And actually they're they're starting to classify eczema and psoriasis as autoimmune. Yes. Now, which is a real shift into how we looked at those skin disorders as well. And so there's so many pieces to autoimmune disease. I mean, but there's and it looks different in every person. And so I love that you're you use testing to really figure out rather than just okay, external repre- or presentation, here's what you do. It's like a root cause solution. Oh, it it has to be. And um to your point about the autoimmune, and that's another pain to purpose piece that I have. I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's probably about uh, about 10, 12 years ago now. And so I think that was another piece that nothing makes you try to figure out solutions and having your own challenges. And so a lot of those solutions that came as a result of some of those challenges for me personally have really been so helpful for me with clients. So, so helpful for me with clients as well, because there is so much autoimmune going on these days and there's so much environmental exposure to things that I think is triggering that for people too. But there are some really great answers for that also. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what, how does the environment and some of the ingredients, uh, you mentioned some products on the market, how, how did those play a role, critical role in skin health? So can you speak to how the environment, uh, how that affects our skin? Yeah, absolutely. And I think going back to a lot of the dietary tweaks working initially early on in my career, and then as time went on, them not working quite as well. It was one of those questions like, what is going on, right? Mm-hmm. Like what's going on? I know people are more stressed out these days, but like what is going on environmentally possibly? And I think we look at what's happened to our food supply. Um, I think even when we're trying to eat as clean as possible, it's not probably ideal or optimal, I guess is probably the better word. We, you know, we still want to make the choices that we can to make the best choices possible. But, you know, there's a lot of with the glyphosate exposure. I think now they're saying it's in 75% of the world's rainwater. That's Mm. a problem. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a problem. It's hard to get away from that at this point. So that's one of many things. Um, There's a lot of scientific evidence to show that things are passed down generationally, even too, from mom to child in utero. So a lot of heavy metals can be passed down that way. I know at one point, amalgam fillings, silver fillings were kind of something that most people did a couple of generations back. So now that's being passed down to like my generation, I'm in my mid forties and now down to my son, you know? Mm -hmm. So these are all things to look at that. It's kind of this, we are living in the most toxic time in history, you know? And I think that that contributes significantly to what's going on with our health and in turn our skin. And it shows up in, in the environment. I mean, we can see what's happening. So to think that we're not going to absorb, you know, all of that into us is, is crazy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're finding like those basically Teflon, the PFOAs in our drinking water, you Mm -hmm. know, it's hard to get that out. I mean, you know, even with good filtration, like there's just still some stuff that's really difficult to get out of our drinking water and we're showering in it and bathing in it. So 
it's kind of difficult to get away from. And it's very interesting. You mentioned the fillings. Uh, I'm only 33 years old and I actually have amalgam fillings in my mouth. Yeah, really? Yeah. So it's not that long ago. Yeah. That, yeah. that, I mean, I would have been like a teenager probably when I got those. So it's not that long ago that we shifted out of that. So what in right. the world? I mean, that's crazy. Well, and then to think about like what we were passed down from our parents, even, yes. you know what I mean? So now we've got an additional burden that's being passed down to those kids. And then they're being born into this environment that was, is much more toxic than even what we were born into, you know? Absolutely. And even just, just. I, I know from just from my perspective, um, as a mom, the time period between my oldest son being born and my youngest son being born is only like, now I'm not going to be able to do the math. It's only, like, <laughs> I think it's, they're four years apart. Yeah. So, so, but in that time period, suddenly BPA, I mean, we have BPA and yeah bottles and then all of a sudden oh whoops so even just the difference between my my two sons it's like okay we figured out we shouldn't be using this stuff i think that's that's just crazy so i want to talk a little bit about stress too how does stress affect the skin and how do we mitigate it how do we prevent stress from just making a mess of us such a great question and it's something that honestly like i think most of us are dealing with on a regular basis and really have to find healthy strategies in order to deal with it. I would say boundaries is probably one of the number one strategies for stress Mm. management, right? I find women especially have a really difficult time setting boundaries. And that when I say boundaries, it might even be like, I need to schedule time to work out and nothing else can can get in the way of that time, right? Mm -hmm. I think there can be um, a situation a lot often, especially as a mom, right? Where everybody else kind of comes before you and that can be really, really difficult. You don't get those workout times in, or you don't get that downtime or meditation time or grounding. I mean, these are, these are all things that I really try to recommend for people and things that I, I try to live it to lead it, right? Like mm-hmm. it's prayer and meditation every night outside in, you know, in the grass grounding, you know, even if it's for a few minutes, but just really making that commitment and setting boundaries surrounding that I think is really important. Yeah, I agree. And, and as, as we've been talking about all of the, the toxic burden as well, that is all a form of stress too. Yes. Huge. And, and the food you're eating and, you know, yeah, the exercise you're not having, that's a form of stress all on your body. All of those things. I I was having this conversation recently with somebody with that, that piece was sort of missing in the perspective of stress that people weren't recognizing that that counts as stress, the lack of sleep. You are so right. One of the things that I teach my clients is the body does not differentiate between chemical, emotional, or physical stressors. And we get to that point where that bucket starts to overflow. And that's when all of that gene expression gets turned on in many different ways, whether it's autoimmune skin or autoimmune other things, you know, and it's really, you you really hit the nail on the head. It's imperative to keep that managed as much as we possibly can. And you're right. People don't think a lot of times of drinking from BPA being a stressor on their body, but it is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely is. Absolutely. 
This is a good time to tell you about one of my favorite brands, Mountain Rose Herbs, and their organic, non-GMO essential oils. The organic Bulgarian rose oil is a ready-to-use essential oil roll-on at a skin-safe dilution of 2%. Rose oil is very popular essential oil for sensitive skin, for mature skin, but it can be used for any skin type. This roll-on has rose essential oil diluted in organic fractionated coconut MCT oil, so it's clear and it quickly absorbs into the skin. Mount Rose Herbs Organic Rose Oil is distilled from hand-picked roses in Rose Valley in Bulgaria, and it is a steam distilled rose oil, also known as Rose Auto. This is a beautiful essential oil for your skin, and it's a beautiful essential oil for your emotions. This is one of those ones that just helps you feel calm, and I actually wear rose as perfume also. Right now you can get 10% off essential oils at Mountain Rose Herbs. Visit mountainroseherbs.com and use code AROMAPOD10 for 10% off essential oils. And now back to our episode. So then what are the foundations of good skin health? What should we be doing as far as cleansing and routine care and then maybe even nutrition as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing I really try to do with my clients is keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Um, simple and effective is kind of my motto. And I think when you find things that work with the health of the skin, it shouldn't have to be some elaborate, super involved regime. So one of the things that I try to steer my clients clear of are things that are really harsh on the skin. And I think even sometimes natural products, we can see a lot of acids, um, Even like a vitamin C, for instance, can be an ascorbic acid, and that can be pretty irritating to some people's skins. And it can do something where it removes the hydrolipidic film, which is the protective barrier on the skin. And so just looking for things that are a little gentler, looking at pH. So really the pH of the skin should be like between 4.7 and Mm 5.75-ish. So that's really important too when you're looking at products that are really geared towards the pH of the skin. That's pretty important. And I think a lot of times you'll see that some of those maybe a little bit stronger products that can feel a little stripping to the skin, those are the ones, if you kind of end up feeling dry and and taut after you wash your face, might be an indicator that's a little harsh for the skin. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to feel clean, but at the same time, not feel completely stripped because then you do run the risk of removing that protective barrier on the skin. So that, and then um, just working with something that like a I always want some sort of nutrition, something to feed the skin, and that can look different for different people. But once again, just being aware of not a bunch of acids and retinols. I mean, you know, even salicylic acid and um, glycolic acid. I mean, some of these can be of natural derivatives, but still pretty harsh on the skin. And I always look at like, what can we do to work with the health of the skin, how the skin is supposed to function? Um, One of the things I can feel comfortable kind of universally recommending for people is, I don't know if you've ever worked before with redox signaling molecules. There's like a gel that you can work with. It's something that the body natively produces. And because the body natively produces it, it doesn't matter if you have acne going on or if you're trying to work with anti-aging, it's involved in detecting, repairing, and replacing damaged cells. So Mm. something that has... um, that in it, um, and just looking for more reparative natural products that once again, don't have a lot of those ingredients like we were talking about that can be very harmful. You know, I'm sure you're familiar with like EWG has a great Mm -hmm. list, you know, if people aren't sure with what they have in their skincare products, if it's healthy for them or not, sometimes you can look up the ingredients individually. 
or get a little bit of gauge. I'm a big fan of European skincare too, because they're held to a little different standard than here in mm-hmm. the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Canada is actually, I'm in Canada and it's, we have a little bit better system, I think, than the United States, yeah. but we're not quite at oh. European level. I just want to say also when um, this show is about aromatherapy. And so one of the huge yeah. critiques of aromatherapy is, oh, you know, it's terrible for your skin. Um, and so we talk a lot on this show about skincare and safely using it. And so it's all about dilution and proper formulation. And so how do you look at things like DIY products? You know, I think once again, it really depends on what's going on with the individual. There are probably people that can really do and benefit greatly from that sort of thing. Going back to like, if it's a little tougher skin case, I think you have the topical component to address, but until you really address the internal piece, I think I've, you know, you can work with some pretty magical stuff topically. And like I always tell my clients, you can come in for a treatment with me every week, but until we get that internal piece addressed when it's really challenging stuff, that's critical. So I think it really depends on what's going on with the individual, but I, I can see value in that. Absolutely. Particularly considering a lot of what's out there on the market that people are using, I would much rather they be doing, do it, you know, DIY mm-hmm. stuff that that's better for them. Right. Yeah. And I would say if you're going to do DIY, just make sure you're you're connecting with someone who can help you formulate yes. properly because yikes, you can do some damage too. But also as, as someone who has tried a million things, you know, and been super frustrated with skin, the root cause, as soon as I figured out treating yes. that problem and my skin like has fixed itself. So I agree. How do you look at makeup? I know just reading through some of your work that you did talk about foundations and things as being can be an issue. Um, And so how do you where should we be guided along that that route? So I kind of operate from a place that makeup really should be something to accent, you know, not something that we're really relying on to cover up the skin. I kind of feel like I'm not doing my job properly if we feel like we need to, you know, like cover the skin all up. In fact, it's really kind of funny, Cheryl. I don't really wear like much makeup. And so when I've had like makeup done professionally, it's, it's, I almost, I I don't like how the skin looks that way. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I think when you get the skin to a healthy state, you find that it actually looks worse with a lot of makeup on it. So I kind of come at it from an accent perspective. And once again, going back to the ingredient piece, it's really exciting to see that there are cleaner lines coming out and there's healthier products coming out there that actually work because for a long time, I feel like there were some things out there that didn't work that great. And now there are much better options there too, but it really is and should be more of an accent component, not something that people are relying on to cover their skin up. Yeah. And I mean, the beauty industry is crazy with ingredients. I mean, you can find like lead in red Uh, lipstick, like heinous. That is, that is, people should be in jail for that stuff. That's insane. I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, if you think about like, you know, I work a lot with cellular health and cellular detoxification and yeah, lead and heavy metals can be a huge component of that. Right. And people are putting stuff on their lips and eating it all day long. Mm. I mean, it's crazy. You're right. It's criminal. It really is. It is so crazy. So what about hormonal skin problems? For me, I think the liver is a really big piece of of this. And I kind of lean towards milk thistle or N-acetylcysteine. So how do you look at hormonal skin issues? Yeah, it definitely can, can tie into the liver. Now, 
going back to really looking upstream, like why is that Mm. hormonal imbalance happening? I think you can work with some things that are supportive. Interestingly, there's a lot of research that shows that milk thistles specifically can actually inhibit phase three liver detoxification in higher amounts. So Mm -hmm. it can be protective of the liver, but if we're having like detoxification issues, it can actually be potentially problematic depending on the doses that people are working with. So going back to, I think that that can be a downstream supportive component, but I'm always looking at like what's going on. There's some sort of toxicity interference going on that's creating the hormonal disturbance because we're seeing so much more of that. Now I see it even in, I get sent kids that are like in their twenties that have got hormonal imbalances in hormonal labs, like an 80 year old person Mm. would look like, you know what I mean? That I look at like it, it, shouldn't be that shouldn't be happening right so like what is interfering the body can't do what its function is hormonally does that make sense yeah absolutely for sure and i like that approach you know because that yeah like you're saying the downstream is still looking at symptomatic as you know it's a little bit more root root cause but still symptomatic you're not actually fixing going all the way up and fixing what's causing it and this is one of the pieces that i think was born out of my own you know, I mentioned I had Hashimoto's, there's a lot of hormonal imbalances after I had my son, who's now 13, that started to occur. And I did a lot of addressing adrenals and, and doing supportive hormone. And it, yes, I mean, it may have helped some symptoms, but it didn't fix why that was going on. And it mm-hmm. really ended up being a toxicity issue. And that's been so helpful dealing with clients now too, is like realizing there's more to than just treating the downstream symptoms, even with natural things. Yeah. And then when you get into, I have Hashimoto's um, disease as well. And when you get into the roots of that, yikes, there's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> my, yeah. In my case too, there's just so many things going on. It's like, yeah. yeah, the skin is the least of my concerns right now. If I go back and fix all these other things, you know, and then fix what's causing those, okay, then we can get some solutions. So we yes. talked a little bit about beauty ingredients and there's a there's very little regulation as we've said and there's a tendency towards fast beauty so we want to look amazing mm. right now we want invasive procedures because that's going to lift the skin we want to use harsh ingredients because they work fast and they you know can instigate some change quickly but you know that's sort of pushing the body to and the skin to another level so what is the cost of this kind of approach to our health and how do we shift out of that mindset? It's really a very high cost. And that's why I'm so grateful to be here with you sharing this information because this has been on my heart. You know, I mentioned I've been in this industry for 25 years and I'm really the odd one out, right? Like Mm -hmm. I don't promote these harsh treatments and invasive procedures and, you know, a lot of the injections that really are very toxic that people are doing. I don't, promote any of those things. And that's very common mainstream approach these days in the skincare industry. And I am such a believer in it. You can get really amazing results working with the body. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of clients that have come to see me over time that have been down that path of doing those more invasive treatments and harsh products are really kind of amazed sometimes that once we start working with the body and really going back to the inside out approach, where we're really looking at like 
root cause solutions for things and them investing in that as opposed to a really expensive topical band-aid. I think they're kind of blown away, but that's just not the story that we're hearing right now. And so that's why I want to be here and share that because I think that there is some real value in making that sort of investment from an internal standpoint and looking at root cause solutions. And it not only benefits your skin, but your entire body, quality of life, you know, all of it is included when you take that approach. Yeah. And I, you know, beauty is the fast beauty is just another indication of where our society is at. We want fast food. We want fast, you know, detox results. And we want to, you know, we want to eat McDonald's and then we want to lose all the weight tomorrow too. Like it just doesn't, you know, you can't approach health like that. It's not health. That's not lasting health at all. I think it's indicative of where we're at for sure. And I'm excited to see that I think that there are people that are starting to wake up and see that that's not working. You know, Mm -hmm. it's taken a long time for that to start to unfold. I mean, I think there are still people that will be stuck in that for a little bit. But when you continue to go down that path and there are ramifications, um, you really, a lot of those really invasive procedures do so much damage long term that if they yield a quick result, you've now really set yourself up for so many more problems down the road. And when that starts to unfold for people, I think there will be more of a receptivity to what we're trying to educate people on. Yeah, absolutely. And this is where I absolutely love the functional medicine approach because it's really sort of starting a shift in in that direction. And I mean, naturopathic medicine has been shouting about this stuff for years. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah, we talked a lot about ingredients and, um, you know, obviously what you use on your skin is really going to depend on your skin type and where your skin is at, what you're trying to address. Is there really anything, mm-hmm. you mentioned a few things that we should avoid. Is there really anything that is, we absolutely should avoid, but also can you speak to some ingredients that might be, um, there's some debate about, but might be helpful yeah. for the skin? Well, I would say like going back to if you just, if people looked at like what is um, allowed in the United States that isn't allowed in Europe. So like, for instance, hydroquinone is an ingredient that here in the United States is allowed and it's been proven. I mean, there's scientific literature that shows it creates liver toxicity, something that's used for lightening and um, hyperpigmentation on the skin often. So that's certainly something I would steer people clear of, you know, Mm -hmm. and make sure that they're not working with anything like that. And there's just such a list. I mean, we know about parabens and, and some of the other things that I think there's becoming a little bit more of awareness. I don't know how much so like in Canada, but I know like here in the United States, we're seeing a little bit more consideration surrounding some of those things. So as much as somebody can educate themselves, I know it can seem a little laborious, but if you can really start to look at some of the things that aren't allowed, like in Europe and other places that are allowed in the United States, you start cluing in about what you wouldn't want to be using on yourself for various reasons. Even going back to the hormonal piece that we talked about earlier, like having that influence on hormones. It's kind of incredible what some of those things can do. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And interesting, you brought up hydroquinone because you cannot buy it over the counter in Canada. As far as I know, Um, it has to be prescribed and it's used for melasma. And interestingly, that is something that I deal with. And what's also interesting is 
that can be a piece of thyroid health. And so lots of times we want to say, oh, it's just caused by the sun. But sometimes, you know, those types of things are not caused by just the sun. Like there is, right. it's connected. If you have a thyroid disease and you have melasma on your face, yes. like I would say, you know, go figure that out. That's connected. Yes. And so just universally using stuff, like if I was to use hydroquinone for that, then I'm impairing a system that's already, you know, got some issues. I'm adding more burden to an auto, my body that has an autoimmune disease. So then what are the ramifications of that? So yeah, I think it's very important to look at um, what you put on your skin. Yes. But anyway, but it is, it is very much so that, I mean, and I think for some reason, I don't know why there is kind of a disconnect sometimes with what people are putting on their skin and not really understanding. I mean, even medications are administered that way because Mm -hmm. of how quickly um, the body takes that in and the impact that it can have there. So it's kind of crazy that people don't really consider that or don't realize. And, And I know, I think here in the United States, there's a lot of people that think that if it's on the shelf, it's safe. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, I mean, we can see with the food, right. That that's not true. So you just have to be your own best advocate in that regard, I think. Yeah. And absolutely start talking to, to someone who's going to do a little bit more digging as well to get to some of the more root causes of um, what's happening for you. Absolutely. I just want people to know that there is hope. I mean, I think there's skin stuff can be really, very frustrating and it correlates with a lot of different things that might be going on with somebody too. I mean, one of my favorite things to do is somebody comes into me for, I don't know, acne or eczema or something. And they're just wanting, going back to the societal perception, they just want relief there. But when we start digging, we start finding, oh my gosh, like they've had digestive issues or they've had sleep issues or all of these other things that they have no idea that there's a correlation there with that. And so getting to the root of that gets fixes so many different things and really sets them up for success long-term. And so, um, and just going back to really looking at it from a cellular health perspective, and that's really where I believe that the answers are at. That's what I've found to be true even going down to like a mitochondrial level, like mm-hmm. a lot of what's going on with people is mitochondrial dysfunction. You know, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not just a hormonal imbalance or something going on with the mitochondria that aren't functioning properly. And when that is addressed, it fixes everything. So yeah, absolutely. And, and when you can do that, maybe you can stop taking 8 million supplements as well. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. That's what we, yes, that's what we're aiming for. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Uh, this is amazing. I, as like I said, skin is something that we're working on lots. You know, we've had issues yeah. for many years around it. So I, I appreciate sharing your insights. Uh, and I think our listeners will love that too. So where can our listeners learn more about you? Thank you so much for the opportunity, Cheryl. I really, really enjoy being on today. Thank you so much. You can find me. I'm on Instagram, skinsideout underscore Heidi Cooper. I'm there, you know, I've got YouTube that I'm on that too, and try to do a lot of videos and educate people a little bit about what's going on with skin there too. So those are some great places. And then I would also like to offer your audience that free ebook that I shared with you about too. And that can be found on my website, um, skinsideoutskincare.com. And um, that free ebook, Healthy Hormones, Happy Skin is on there. Beautiful. That's amazing. Well, we will link all that up in the show notes and they can go and find you. So thank you so much. It was wonderful to meet you. Thank you, Cheryl. Take care. So thank you so very much. 
All right, beautiful people. Thank you so much for listening today. If you feel so inclined, please subscribe, rate, and review this show. For show notes and more information on essential oils, please visit livelovelemon.com forward slash podcast. And we love to know what you're up to and how you're using your essential oils. So head over to Instagram and find us at the Aromatherapist Podcast. My name is Cheryl Witten, and I am your aromatherapist. We have to share with you this obligatory disclaimer. Information in this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a replacement for medical advice or for professional aromatherapy consultation. If you need medical care, please visit your physician. Speak to your primary care provider, pharmacist, and a qualified aromatherapist before commencing any programs.